0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very pleased to welcome you to Novel Ideas under date of October 28, 2016, with co-hosts Ruth Ann Acosta and Randy Shelton. And without further ado, I turn the discussion to these fine ladies who will be discussing the book 112263 by Stephen King. Start recording. Recording. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very pleased to welcome you to Novel Ideas under date of October 28, 2016, with co-hosts Ruthanna Costa and Randy Shelton. And without further ado, I turn the discussion to these fine ladies who will be discussing the book 112263 by Stephen King. Start recording.
1: Okay,
2: I'm going to let up on this and see what everyone thought of the book.
3: Well, I have to say that I did enjoy the book very much. It was riveting. I couldn't put it down. But I have to do this real quickly because (laughs) this is significant to me. There's a glaring error that the reader made, and I wonder if anybody caught it. And it's not significant. It wouldn't be significant to most people, but it was to me and might be to somebody else if he caught it. Uh, and also, I read, I looked, didn't read, but I looked at the commercial uh, release of the book. I like the commercial reader better than uh, than uh, David hartley Marlowe. i got to tell you that. But there's an interesting little error in there that both readers made. They both did the same thing. I wonder if
0: anybody caught it. Oh, my, Ron, I was going to say I read the Audible version. I thought the reader there was outstanding. Uh, David hartley Mark is a good reader. I don't know how he sang in the mood and all these things. Oh no! After 30 hours, Ron, it must be a, an air of a date, but that would be an author air. And uh, you got me. Let me say one: uh, the character I liked the most, of course, uh, was George Amberson. You know, he was and, and Sadie. Uh, John, the the boy, the the husband, was horrible. He was the worst character. You guys who are experts might call it time travel and would it be fantasy also this book tremendous book trying to change the past and when when he did it all bad things happen and uh i'll let others talk you know about the plot and so forth i loved it this is my second read of it i didn't read bard deliberately because i love the audible reader
4: this is sherry this is my favorite stephen king book easily and as far as the error, I seem to remember thinking about something, but I did not reread it for this meeting, and I don't remember. I did read at one time that Stephen King deliberately puts a small error in every book, and in the stand I remember he talked about somebody eating a um, – I don't remember what candy bar it was, but he talked about them having chocolate on their fingers, and this happens to be a candy bar, one of the few – that does not have any chocolate in it. It's mostly nuts and kind of a creamy thing or something. And that was the error for The Stand. So it would be, I can't wait to hear what the error was. But this is absolutely my favorite Stephen King book. I just thought it was phenomenal.
5: I really enjoyed this book, too. Um, I read it first with Audible. I read it this time with Bard. And... I like them both. I remember the Audible reader was very good, but I I didn't have any problem with the Bard reader either. I also watched the series when they had done it on Hulu last spring. And um, so I feel like it's kind of like my third read through. Now the series, the the television version of it had, you know, of course it shortened it some, but um, I really loved this book and I'm looking forward to the discussion.
6: I also loved the book and I read it. (coughs) Pardon me. This is the second time I read it. I read it shortly after it came out, even before it was available on Bard. It must have been through Audible. Uh, back at that in the at that time, you could send Audible books to those who didn't have Audible, and and it it would work. Um, but I decided that this time to read it uh, through Bard. And to tell you the truth, I don't really remember much about the first read. Um, so to me, it was like reading it anew. And it was, it was, it was really good. It took me about a week and a half or so, uh, to read it. And, uh, I really loved it. And, uh, as I do most Stephen King books. But, um, I'm so glad that we decided to select this, this book for, uh, discussion.
7: That, I agree. This was a very good book. I enjoyed it very much. I read it, uh, with David Hartley in reading it, and I also had read the one from A- Audible before. <laughs> but you do get two different points of view, but I thought they were both very good readers. Uh, I didn't find the error, but uh, I uh, thought it was really very well. The de- attention to detail was, was really was great. I I too like the book a lot. Um,
2: Control application. I, oh
8: no! Sorry about that guys. Anyway, I I really liked the book. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it was one of his better books as far as I'm concerned. I didn't catch the error, but I I, I the only thing I felt was that the book was a little bit long. Um and yeah, my and I really liked George Amberson. <laughs> um, he uh, quite a character, <clears throat> and uh, but I just thought it was ama- It was interesting how he would go from the present back and then back again to the present. Uh, he did it very well, I thought.
1: Uh, Carla Hayes, um, I really liked the book, too. Um, I did think it was a little long. It's certainly longer than books I'm usually accustomed to reading. And I, I, I think in some ways it didn't have to be quite this long, you know. But that said, I really I, I loved it. I, I didn't think I was going to like it. But what suckered me in was... Um, of course, I knew um, what it was going to be about by the date because I knew the significance of the date, eleven twenty two sixty three, 63 And the part about time travel, if you say time travel to me, that sucks me in. I love time travel stories. And, um, you know, so, so that really sucked me into it. And I'll tell you another thing that I really liked about the book was, in addition to the characters, um, I did like the overriding truth that um, the past is obdurate, um, which really means it's it's stubborn, and and that is just such a universal truth. Uh, there are times that one really tries, even in personal life, to buck your past, and you say, okay, that happened to me in the past, and I'm not going to let let it you know let it affect me and try to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, and you can't. There's just things. There are things that just happened to you in the past and they persist and they persist in affecting your life no matter how much you try to buck them off and, and things like that and so there's just this overriding truth about about the past being obdurate that I think I think is just a universal truth that is just so powerful in this book
0: I love time travel books uh, Sherry recommended one or or one of the girls from Michelle time and again by Jack Finney and Sherry, sure you're right. I don't like the second one, the sequel, as much, but it's good. It's time travel, uh, and I, I don't want to get away. But but you see his research in that book. Stephen King had to do some massive research to capture 1958, the way people dressed, and uh, to 1963, uh, and so forth. Uh, it was just you know he had to he had to capture those years. I guess the Frustrating part was was it Frank Dunning and his family, and was it Halloween when he was going to he, he was going to kill them all? And uh, you know he changed that. He tried to, but uh, the, the the most moving one was when he calls the sister many years later. George Amberson did, I guess, and uh, she figures out sort of that he was the mystery man, and she said, "Because of you, my brother went to Vietnam and was killed." You know, you saved him for Vietnam, and he was killed. And uh, that was quite moving. She figured him out, you know, and he didn't know what to say. I thought that was quite moving. Frank Dunning's awful. And Doris Dunning, Sadie Dunhill, I thought that was classic.
2: I see Alan made it, and Jenny's here, so let's let them get a word in edgewise and then i want to hear what the error was because i didn't catch it either
9: well i really enjoyed this book now i read it a while ago so (laughs) my memory isn't the greatest but i think i remember quite a bit of it um and now i read it on bard um but i i truly enjoyed it it was in my opinion one of stephen king's best books too and i like the history and i love the time travel and i'm with all of you guys i i really like time travel books
0: Nice to hear you, Jenny.
3: Hey, this is Alan. I hope I'm coming through. I'm on my app, and it works sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't. I love this book. This is the third time I've read it, uh, two times on Audible and one time on Bard, and they're all good. And uh, uh, I love time travel stuff, but I really was spending a lot of time thinking this last time. If you think
0: about it, time travel, if you change history who really cares the only person that affects is the person that, that's gone back and changed it everybody elses history is going to be
3: what what the new what the new history is so uh, I, I never really thought of those terms before because you're always so focused on who it changes for but uh, uh, the only person that changes for is the the person who had lived through it that's actually back in time messing with it but uh, uh, I I love these kind of books. Stephen King, nobody can tell a story like Stephen King or draw a character like Stephen King. And it's good to hear your voice again, Jenny. It's been a long time, so uh, great.
10: Thanks to Randy for inviting me. hope you can hear me. I did read this a while back, and I did like it, and I agree with... I couldn't get my user's thing to show up, and now I can't get my menus to show up. Um, It used to be that that I was able to do that with this client, but right now it won't let me um, tab between them like it used to, so there's something I have to go look and figure it out. But I tried full screen, and that screwed everything up. But anyway... I did enjoy the book when I read it, and I agree with whoever the reason I mentioned that I was having trouble i don't i didn't get the name of the person who said that the past you know you can't buck it and i, I agree with that and I remember the you know there were a lot of scenes in this book that did um bring shivers down my spine and um you know the i'm not a big Stephen King fan, but I love this book, and the first scene was at the high school game and they were all chanting and everything and oh man that was just woohoo. And of course when he came back after changing history and how everything was was really scary as well but um you know it was really good. Um I wanted to mention that if anybody ever checks it out <coughs> there was a series that they made of the book on Hulu. Um it was only available on Hulu and if you ever checked it out you, you you know at least in my opinion don't bother because it really really sucked <laughs> it we just didn't follow the book at all and it just i mean well it somewhat did but i mean it just wasn't that great it was not as good as the book and i read it from the audio version audible or whatever it was commercial audio and i liked the narrator there i can't imagine david hartley Margolin doing it i really can't but Um, I I really like the one that I read. Um, I just can't imagine anybody else having done it. So that's my two cents.
2: Alan came through. Alan, you came through pretty well there. Um, I'm glad to see the phone app works. And I like this book too. I had never read it. I started reading it with David Hartley Margolin and then Bob told me, Well, if you read it from Audible, Stephen King talks at the end. So I downloaded it and I thought the Audible Reader was much better. He got the accents just right. David Hartley Margolin did a good job too, but the the Audible Reader you were it was he was the characters. He became each character in the book, I thought, and I I loved the way, I like books when, when the author takes fiction and he incorporates history into it, and I absolutely loved that in this book, and I wanted a root beer. <laughs> I wanted to go back and get a root beer, like, um... George Amberson was enjoying. I don't even. Root beer's not one of my favorite drinks, and boy, did I want one. Okay, Ron, what was the air?
3: All right, here we go. Now, most people would not think this is significant, but I did, and it just stuck out like a sore thumb for me. You have to either know a lot, something about Dallas radio, or have to be a DXer to know. That it's K, it's Cliff, not K life. I know that's not significant, but wow! But nobody caught it. The commercial reader did it wrong. I don't know who read the commercial thing that I read. I looked at and I read. I used the the Bard, and it had it wrong also. And it just bothered me. Now, having said that, Stephen King's uh, was wonderful with detail here, down to telling us what was being played on the radio at the time when he was doing this, you know, in, in 58 and sometimes in 63. Very, very meticulous detail network, and he was right on. Um, he had the, the hits in the right place and everything. Really cool top 40, but, but, but it is not K-Life, it's Cliff, and that just bothered me, and it shouldn't have. I know, but it did, and there was my error. It's not significant, I know.
6: Well, I guess, Ron, I wouldn't have known that since I'd never listened to Dallas radio, so... But, of course, if you, you know, K-L-I-F, to me that's Cliff, not K-Life. I mean, <laughs> but anyway, but if you've read, if, if you all have read Stephen King's books, a lot of, you know, most of his books, you know, he talks about music and and radio and, and that kind of thing. And he's a musician and, uh, you know, he's really into the blues and that kind of thing. So, um so that, you know, and, and he, he I, it sounds like I don't know for sure, but he must love music, you know, all kinds of different genres. But I think especially especially the blues and uh, old-time rock and roll. But uh, thanks for pointing that out, Ron, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known that that was an error.
0: Okay, I'm going to defend uh, Stephen King here because he put apparently, Ron didn't see the spelling, nor did I. I don't remember that. I remember it's a KOLD when John Kennedy was killed Dan Rather was on he that's when he got his start and uh, I think it's KOLD and I get that sometimes but KLIF could be pronounced life I know you want KLIFE but I don't know you know that I I, I Stephen King we don't know if he had it wrong I think he had it right but both of the readers, uh, you might say, well, why didn't they have a monitor who listened to Dallas Radio or whatever? I've, you know, I, I'd never pick it up unless we heard Dallas Radio and they all said K-LIFE, you know, K-L-I-F, K-LIFE. And it makes sense, but also, you know, K-LIFE to me could be K-L-I-F-E, although that's a lot of, that's a lot of uh, call letters. Anyway, that's my view. I missed it totally. And uh, Alan, uh, Ron, you're a very perceptive reader.
2: I'll say. I wouldn't have known that, but wow. And the part where he was with the kids and they were dancing in the park and they were dancing to the song In the Mood, I had to go pull that up on my Echo and listen to it while I was reading that part of the book.
5: Um, Yeah, Ron, I wouldn't have caught that either because I know nothing of Dallas Radio. But there's two parts, there's two things in the book that I wanted to bring out to the book club because I wasn't sure that I really grasped the significance or if in fact there was significance. One of them was the yellow card man and at one point, I think it was the last time he went back or the... The time that he went back that was the most significant when he actually went to Texas and and prevented the um, assassination where the cards turned different colors. I think it was orange and then black. So that was one of them. And then the next one was the Jim Law. I never quite understood the significance of the Jim Law.
0: I'll try that one. I'm a football fan. Jim LaDue, the quarterback. But he becomes a ghost, a monster. Jim Law, Jim Law. And appears in dreams. Remember, that's what Stephen King does. He brings—he's got to bring a monster in to scare you. Uh, and uh, so, I think I—I I might help there. I—I assumed the yellow man and all that was the devil, but some people brighter than I, please help me. And then there was a difference in philosophy. Is it the orange-colored at the—the the end? That man uh, said, "I'm going to be going back. I—I won't be here long. I'm changing." Uh, and he was the watcher. I know there were the watchmen. For well, that door, you know, you're gonna meet the yellow man, uh, but I don't know what it means, and maybe someone can help us there.
2: I was wondering what that meant too about the the yellow man, the green card. Jim Jim Law, I got because he was the quarterback that was drinking, and and he he got killed, wasn't he? And his girlfriend was in the car with him when. George Amberson was the teacher. He was posing as the teacher and he fell in love with, um, what was her name, Sadie. I love those parts when they. he was back at the school and I just, and he he reached that kid, what was his name, Mike and had him act in the play and he was, he suddenly became this star even though he was a a football player, and he thought he was too cool to be, you know, he, he didn't want to really be in the play, but he ended up being a shining
0: star. And I just, I loved all those parts when he was back there. Randy, there's a lot of names, and I miss them, but I want to help you here. Vince got killed, and Bobby Gill was in the car and got a scar, that terrible, terrible scar that the plastic surgeon fixed. Then she meets up with Mike. I think I have it right. Bobby Jill. Mike's a wonderful guy. And Bobby Jill is and so forth. And uh, Mike comes out of himself. Jim Law, I mean, Jim Ledoux, went to the University of Texas and became one of the famous Texas quarterbacks. Uh, that's my what I remember about him. But Vince was killed.
4: Well, I thought, like you said, Randy, the parts where he was in Texas just living an ordinary life, were just so incredibly well written. You really felt like you knew all these people. And I had the embarrassing situation of I was telling a friend about this book and she was never going to read a 30-hour book, so she wanted me to tell her the end. And I started telling her about how, you know, he went back there and, and no one knew who he was. And I actually just started crying. I just found that so incredibly sad that you would go back to a, an incredibly happy time of your life and no one would know who you were and I mean you know he does have that dance with Sadie where she sort of realizes she must have known him in the past but I just found that so incredibly sad and um, I forget who it was that said about the card man I didn't quite understand that whole thing either
5: um, yeah it was it was me it was Liz the, the card guy I still don't get it I guess I don't need to um, one of the things that I guess the lessons, if you will, from the book, Um, not only does the past kind of not let us go, but I think sometimes we like to sit around and fantasize a lot about, oh, if this hadn't have happened and that hadn't happened, the world would have been a much better place. So I think, for me anyway, the significant point of this book was, you know what, you just don't know. It's a much bigger picture, and and you're better off not trying to change it because, well, you know... uh, not to get too religious or anything like that, but that, but really it's all in God's hands, and God has the bigger picture. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of like... <laughs> yeah, you don't want to spend a whole lot of time trying to change the past. A, it's not possible. But B, it's like you just never know. Uh, and I love time travel and stuff, too. Um, I, I'm a big... Like, I love Star Trek and the whole prime directive and, you know, being careful not to change too much. And It's... um I really like it, but I loved that when he went back at the end. It was sad, um, but it was such a sweet thing with Sadie. His, his dance with Sadie, and it, yes, it was sad, but in a in a really sweet way.
3: Yeah, that was touching. I uh, I think you have to remember the butterfly effect. That 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 was that was interesting, and the fact that you can change something, but what what kind of ripple is that going to cause? What may that change something else down the road? Oh something that may happen uh, that would be worse, you know, and so you really don't want to be messing around with that kind of stuff, and that's, I think, what he, what he showed us here, but, and the other thing is, uh, this is, obviously, this has got to be my favorite, and I've only read a little bit of Stephen King, but most generally, he's too over the top for me, uh, but uh, this this was really good, I, this has got to be the, the best, one of the best books I've ever read, I just really, really enjoyed it, I did and uh nice and long it was long, but I started it. When did I start it? a Sunday night, I guess and I've been I've been working on it all week, but in uh, in long stretches, so I'd, I finished it today. really nice and a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, and I'm sorry about my my uh, deal here but, that that Cal cliff thing just really really stuck. and I didn't catch it because it was I heard about it before I read the book so I was I knew it was coming. Jim Taylor brought it to my attention because he spent a lot of time in Dallas and caught it right away, so uh, he knew about it. And, and maybe some of you know who Jim Taylor is, but um, so that, that's that's interesting. And uh, but I really enjoyed his his mentioned his reference to top forty music and in the different times and and how, how he really was. He knows his music, and he was right on. That
0: was just really, really cool. Oh, yeah. Good good discussion here. Uh, it made me think a little bit, Sherry and others, when he went back, was sad. I cried, too. Men do cry sometimes. That was very sad with Sadie, 80 years old, Citizen of the Year, everything. She she lived a good life. She was Miss Sadie. She was loved. And she says, I think we've met. It made me think of Two things, kind of our town, the play, it's in there somewhere, and um, It's an Ordinary Life. Jimmy Stewart, what if you weren't born? Can anybody say, you know, we say, I wish I wasn't born. You're really upset. Can any of you really say that? How, how? What a loss, if any of you. I don't know all of you. I don't know you, but I know you've done great things in your life. If you weren't born, that wouldn't happen.
2: Yeah, I. it's funny you should say that because... This book had that kind of feel to me, especially at the end. It's a wonderful life, and Our Town was one of, has always been one of my favorite plays. And it was the end. I stayed up. I read this book in about a week, and I stayed up until at least three in the morning a couple nights until I finished it. And that ending was just. It was. Sad, but it
4: was sweet, too. Yeah, it was poignant sad. Yeah, it wasn't sad. Yeah, it was just very poignant. Did you guys like the history, too? Because I I enjoyed learning more about Lee Harvey Oswald and his wife and their life there in Dallas and stuff. I, I mean, I knew the assassination part, but I really didn't know the background stuff like that. I thought that was pretty interesting, too, when he was surveilling him.
6: Yeah, I enjoyed that too, Sherry. Um what what the, the amount of research he he put in on that part of the book. It was very interesting. And he, as he said in the afterward, he took a few liberties, not many, uh, but he also said and and that's true at the the end was the true meaning of sweet sadness because it was so sweet, but it was so sad too. But um I recall him you know uh, saying in the in the afterword that his son Joe Hill who is also a, a a writer talked him into changing the ending i'm just curious as to what in ending stephen king originally had in mind but his son um i don't know if he had to convince him much but uh he convinced him to to put that ending in there where he goes back and and has that dance with Sadie yeah, that's great. I I
7: enjoyed that very much, but I did. It was sad. One of the things I thought was interesting is how he had him meet, to, uh, speak with uh, John and Jacqueline Kennedy, and especially I thought the confer- the conference with with Jacqueline, where she brought up the children. And she said. There are two children that are going to, that would have had, their lives would have been very different if we hadn't been here. And they, they want to thank you, too, for uh, saving, for saving our, you know, Ken, uh, uh, Kennedy's life. And, and it just, the way she, he put it in it was very kind of sweet, very interesting. Um, just quickly,
5: I, I, do love historical fiction, and the, that whole era. I was like eight years old when JFK was assassinated, so I was a, still a young child. But I remember, as probably everybody does, just as clearly where I was the day JFK died. Um, so, by I, I, in general, I love historical fiction of you know many different genres. Um, so. This was really, really good for me. And also, um, just it's a wonderful life. I happen to love that movie. It's probably the only Christmas movie that I really look forward to every year. Um, and I think it has some really good lessons for everyone. One final thing that I want to say in this round is, it, I don't generally, I mean, there's a lot of Stephen King that I won't read because it's just too scary, but w- another really good Stephen King novel was The Green Mile. If you haven't read that, you might want to try that one too.
0: That was good. Yes, it was. Uh, uh, That was. The Stand, I'd like to. A lot of long. Okay, I want to, well, before I get a senior moment, I hate 30-hour books. I mean, my dear, dear, dear friend, lifelong friend Don, I won't give his last name, always comes up with these historical books. It's only 35 hours and he laughs. I seldom finish them. And I love history. But this one could have been 50 hours and I would have stayed with it. I would want to know where is he taking this, what's going to happen. And, yes, the call. Of course, I worship John Kennedy. That was my first political campaign as a college student where I really got involved, and they wanted us to. In this campaign, when I volunteer, they don't want you. Well, sorry, we don't know Braille. Thank you. And uh, But John Kennedy's campaign people, oh, sure, you can stuff envelopes, you can answer phones, why not? And it was uh, we were college kids, and maybe maybe I was younger and more patient, but uh, uh, yeah, I just wanted to comment on the. So I remember it. I was a teacher, 20. I'll give my age away. 23 years old, teaching in a Northern California school, and a kid ran up, "Mr. Costa, the president's been shot." No, you know, and uh, then it was the funeral march all weekend. It was horrible, and Dan Rather was tremendous. Uh, in his analysis, that's the I just fell in love with him, although it was a great tragedy. And uh, so we could all tell stories. And uh, when an eight-year-old remembers it, it was prophetic. And it was really important. So, yeah, mostly I won't go with you with a 30-hour book, but that one could have been 50. Thank you.
10: Yeah, I agree with you, Bob. I usually don't like those either. And, um, I, you know, what Liz was saying about it's all in God's hands. See, I think the yellow card man. Um, somebody was asking about this earlier and i didn't get to say anything about it i think that um really um hold on why is this saying mic's available i don't know why but anyway i think it was the opposite i don't think he was the devil now i think that, that the way he went about it was a scary scary way because if we're talking Stephen king here but i honestly think that um you know, he, he there were guardians to keep history from being changed and because of how detrimental it could be. And I think maybe it was scary the way he went about it, obviously. Um, but I, I think it was more of a God-type character than a devil-type character, although, like I said, I don't think God is scary like he was. But, yeah, I, I, I don't see it as a, a devil kind of thing because he was trying to keep those detrimental things from happening by history being changed
2: that's interesting um
10: what about al we haven't
2: really talked about him and his his bar and the whole the facade that he put out he was this you know he he had this bar and all these pictures and and then he was the one who picked Jake to go and do all this and he was quite an interesting character I thought he was anyway
1: yes I agreed with you about Al I think he was one of the central characters and in a lot of ways I think he got a lot of short shrift in the book um in some ways but it's funny how the um the one yellow card man referred to him you know called him the cook and and remembered him and told him how he would um he told george um you know uh, about how um, um he tried to go back and everything and i thought it was very significant that he kept telling george that he had to go back and 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 close the circle um and He was just so right and it was such a horrible world that he you know created you know he had to go back and see what he had done he had to go back and see what he had done and um you know I think that was really significant there and I think Al's role there was very significant I also thought um that uh, that it was very interesting how he um, how Stephen King incorporated literary illusion into this book, bringing in um, that he was, uh, after a while, um, there There was that um, 2011 was no longer the present, that it, it was sort of like he, he was like the man without a country, but he had become the man without a time i mean that just resonated with me and also when he talked about um you know um, would it be the lady or the tiger if you remember the short story about the lady or the tiger when you know when you know they were in the um, coliseum and you know the door would open they, you know they'd um you know somebody would be in there and if the door opened it would either be a lady or a tiger that came out and he had all kinds of things like that these literary allusions and and the harmonics were very very haunting there there were so many haunting things about this book things that really kept me awake at night and before i let up on the mic i just want to thank you all for changing the date Um, I wasn't going to read the book, or at least at this time, but when you changed the date, I thought, well, maybe I have a chance of actually finishing this 30-hour book. And I'm with you. I don't really like long books. I don't have a whole lot of time, probably not as much time as some of you to read. And so sometimes it's a challenge just to finish them on time. But um when you when you postponed the meeting until tonight, it gave me a, a chance and, and we had enough notice that we could really put some time and it took me a while to read this book but thank you very much
6: Yeah, Al, I don't know how we, we missed Al but Al was a very significant part of the book. If it hadn't been for Al Jake wouldn't have embarked on his many journeys I mean, because there were many journeys back and forth in time and Back and forth uh, throughout the country, and uh, but anyway, uh, I you were talking about going back and having that root beer, uh, Randy. I wanted to go back and I, I wanted to try one of Al's burgers. I mean, it sounds like his diner. You know, people called them. Oh, what the heck did they call the burgers? Um, I don't. I don't remember. But they sounded really good to me, and he could go back and buy the same meat over and over and over again. <laughs> but. Um, Liz and I were the only two people that showed up last week cuz we didn't know that the date had been changed. So we were here and I wrote Randy and the three of us had a nice little uh, chat for a few minutes but uh uh either the 21st or the 28th was was good for me but um you know I'm glad everybody uh, you know that the, the date was changed so everybody could be here tonight. But yes, it was Al who got Jake started on his on his travels.
3: I think it was Monday night that I started this, by the way. And uh, I have to agree with uh, Carla. I really appreciated the delay because it got me, gave me a chance to start it and finish it, which is really neat. I also liked the weaving in of history and fiction. I thought that was just great. They really dovetailed well. to get worked out well. I remember that day very, very well. And um, I also have had the opportunity on the 50th anniversary of the thing to extensively listen to radio coverage of that day which I have here and that was really fascinating and, and uh, once in a while I'll still go back to it and look at it sometimes I have several sources of radio coverage from that day and very very interesting not TV co- with some TV coverage I guess I do have some but more radio coverage and I just really enjoyed that um, one source has 30 hours of, of uh, programming from Cincinnati uh, with more than 30 I don't know it's a long time but um, which is really fascinating to listen to, WLW, which was an NBC outlet in Cincinnati at the time. Very interesting. Anyhow, uh, but I also, as I say, I really appreciated the delay because it really gave me a chance to do it. And something I've been wanting to do for a long time, and as I, as I said, the, the thing that was that I just never got to it. But when my friend Jim Taylor mentioned the the, the Cliff thing to me, that made me want to go go read it. But and I, of course, I'm glad I did. They say. More generally, he's he's too over the top for me, and it's too scary. But this was really a good book. I Probably will go find the Green Mile and read that. I think I probably will. I think I like that.
0: I probably will try that also. Okay. Well, certainly Stephen King has put Maine on the map, and I assume there is a Dairy Maine. What a horrible town! The way he paints. Anyway, uh, two things. I don't think now. Maybe just opinion here, but I don't think that Al was given short trip. He was, the, he was the thread. He was the link that saw something in George Emerson and, and, and got him step by step to where he wanted him to go. And then Stephen King had to get rid of Al. Al couldn't always be there through the whole book. Uh, but So he, he, he dies of cancer and George is there to help him and all that. But Al was wonderful. Absolutely. He was the link. He was able to go into the past. And, oh, yeah, we remember your friend. And I guess... Um, my view of God is different. I do believe in Him, but I sure hope He wasn't the Yellow Man. I understand, though. I, I believe, uh, Nikki, that you're probably correct that he, he was trying. He was discouraging George. Go back. Close the circle. This is terrible. We're the Watchmen. So maybe he was an angel. I don't know. But if God was like the Yellow Man, we're all in trouble. And it might be a she anyway. Uh, Carla, my dear. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it was just. Uh, I was going to say something about the 30-hour book. I'm glad that we had the extra time. It just worked it out probably our fault. Randy was very nice to us because we went on vacation, and we said, could we do it the 28th? We're done. But, And Randy said, yeah, let's do it that then. So we thank Randy for that.
2: Well, actually, Bob gave me the choice of the 14th or the 28th, and I picked the 28th because I wasn't done yet, and Carla... I was actually hoping that if we did the 28th, you'd be here, so (laughs) it all worked out, and I just want to say that I agree with you, Marsha, I wanted one of Al's burgers, I love burgers, and I don't think we've had this many people in Novel Ideas in a long time, so I'm glad to see it, and I'm really glad everybody came and This book really, I'm not a big Stephen King fan, but I'm really glad I read this book because I would definitely read it again, probably at some point, maybe in another year or so. (laughs) But there are a few Stephen King books I've read and liked, and this is definitely one of them.
9: Well, I just wanted to say that I don't think there is a town called Derry, Maine, thankfully, because the way it's painted, I wouldn't want to live there. Um, and I, if I remember correctly, I think I read that um, he and his wife um, either owned a radio station or did a lot of um, radio radio talk shows and stuff. So that's probably why he knows so much about music and radio and stuff like that. And I really enjoyed the historical parts, too. I really enjoy how he um, paints the picture so much so accurately that you almost feel like you were there and it's just it's really neat
4: another thing that i thought was interesting with the way he did this book is i read a lot of time travel books too and and usually people go i mean once in a while the whole premise of the book is that there's a mistake and they end up in the wrong place in the wrong time but usually they pretty much go to where they want to be and for some reason the rules of stephen king's time travel world were that he had to go back quite a quite a while before the point in time where he actually wanted to be and I thought that was interesting that he chose to wrote it write it that way obviously it worked out well with the entire book but I'm wondering if he started out thinking of time travel that way or he did it on at later so he could add more to the plot I just want to say
5: quickly that I am a real fan of longer books so I'm unique in this group apparently um, because instead of like when I'm doing house cleaning or cooking or something I'll be listening to a book as opposed to listening to music or something. So I love long books. I love to get really involved with them. Um, I want to throw something out here that, that as we're talking about the Yellow Card Man and Al. Yeah, I like the character of Al, but thinking about it, Al was really the one who really thought he knew better. The way he he thought he knew better how things should have gone than, than they did. So, and he kind of got george involved in that um to kind of do his bidding for him so i'm kind of wondering if maybe al might be like a devil character because devil characters are not necessarily scary they're the ones that tempt you to do things and urge you along um that in a path that, that may not be the best path for you so <laughs> i'm just throwing that out so um probably nobody else saw that but yeah he was the one that it was his idea he knew for sure that that Kennedy should have lived and the world would be a better place and um, kind of really didn't give George much of an option to to not go back and do that for him
6: I never thought of that never thought of it that way Liz the way I interpreted Al's intentions were that Al really Loved Kennedy, and loved you know what he was trying to do in the world, and he thought that that he was so devoted to his ideas and everything that you know the assassination shouldn't have happened, and he wanted he wanted Jake to go back and change the world to make it better. I, I didn't think of him as, as a as a devil character at all. Um, very interesting, but yes, Stephen King did own a radio station. In fact, we used to listen to it. We would uh, we used to listen to Dr. Demento on Sunday nights, and every all the uh, stations around here discontinued it. And I don't even remember how we found out about it. WKIT in Maine still ran Dr. Demento. So every Sunday night, we'd tune it in, and I, in fact, I found out from, because I used to have to call the engineer at the radio station, because sometimes he would forget to either, I think back then it was on CD, and he would forget to put in the second CD or whatever, so I, I used to call him up and uh, talk to him and say, I think his name was Jason, hey Jason, this is Marcia. put in the Second disc for Dr. Demento, he said, oh, yeah, I got doing something and forgot. But anyway, he mentioned that Stephen King owed WKIT, and he was in the process of selling it. So after it was sold, I don't know whatever became of it, if the call letters changed, or that um, I think after that, Dr. Demento was no longer on. Well, Liz, i
4: got to say you're not unique. I really love long books, too. And, Marsha, boy, Dr. Demento, that's a blast from the past. I used to listen to that all the time, too. I didn't think of Al the way that you mentioned either, Liz, because he also wanted to, um, and it's been a while since I read it, but didn't he also encourage um, him to go back and change things so that uh, he saved somebody else's life, too?
7: Yeah, I think he did. Um, one of the things I wanted to bring up is that one of the things that Stephen King seems to do is when people start going down, I mean, he, Al wound up getting cancer and looking like death's row, you know, all in one night. You know, he was doing the, you know, suddenly was a very, very sick man. And so many of the books, he'll have people have their teeth all fall out and all these things happen to them. But uh, I think he uses that as a means of, of I don't know, Having the thing, you know, things go along, and but he often will use that as a uh, means as one of his means of making things happen in the book.
8: Yeah, um, I also I, I thought that Al, even though he wanted to change things, he you know I I and he chose Jake or George to 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 do this. Um, I, I never thought of him as as the devil though. I, I don't know why I just never did, but it's an interesting thought. Now, one of the things that I really liked in the book um, was the, the the gym when they were have, when they were when Sadie and uh, he were chaperoning the dance and then the two of them got out on the floor and were dancing and and all the kids were.
6: Oops, I don't know, she dropped the key. And I just wanted to say real quick, I like long books too. So, and Liz, you and I have talked about that.
5: Hey, guys, I just wanted to let you know that I really hadn't spent a whole lot of time thinking about Alice the Devil. I just threw it out for point of discussion. But um, it was kind of an interesting thought anyway, <laughs> but but not not one that I really hold fast to because he really did want to bring good into the world and he thought he was doing the best, best thing. So just wanted to let you know.
0: I almost forgot what I wanted to say. I was going to say the same thing. I I don't want to believe that Al was the devil. Okay, The yellow man is fine. He fits, but some of us are calling him God. Some are doing the devil. I guess Stephen King will know what he was trying to do. But I think Al really wanted to change the world. He didn't want Harry and those guys killed. He didn't want, you know, he, he loved the Kennedys. And I saw Al as a... You know, and you're right, uh, Ruthann. I think in two minutes they go. He goes in two minutes' time. Very quickly, suddenly, Al's, you know, dying. I mean, it's obvious right in front of everybody. It, it was awful. It was it was really bad. And uh, anyway, it was a very powerful book.
2: I Al was one of my favorite characters. Al and Jake were my were just such great characters, and um. The yellow card man, no, I don't think he was God. I think he was more the devil. Um, And Al, no, he wasn't the devil. So, and, yeah, I agree. That was one of my favorite scenes, too, when Jake and, or George, a.k.a. George, and Sadie were there dancing and chaperoning the kids. That was such a great scene well um, it's almost 10 o'clock and I know the world series is on and people want to go back to that so does anybody have anything else they want to say and if we want to continue the discussion that's fine but I wanted to
0: one, one more thing then I'm I'm out of here or whatever I love you guys but um, the hip hop or whatever it was called Sadie is six feet tall, practically. I don't, I've don't. i never jitterbugged. I was too short and fat for that, I guess. I don't know. Maybe some of you remember. You guys probably don't. But he she he slid under his legs, right, and went sh- shooting out and leaped to her feet. I mean, they were acrobatic. They really were good. I, I couldn't believe. I didn't know with a jitterbug that you ended up on the floor sliding across the, the dance floor. So if anybody, uh, someday we have the time and knows about it, explained the jitterbug, because that was amazing, you know, and uh, of course, she had a tendency to fall anyway, she fell on George, when she met him, so, anyway, but we better see what the next book is, Mandy, if you don't mind, because play ball.
6: Mind if I say real quick, and I've been meaning to bring this up, but this is a good opportunity, and I won't make, I won't. this won't be long, maybe somebody would like to explain this to me, what, what was the significance, of the, the, the teenagers, um, when he went to Derry the first time and he saw those kids, uh, uh, dancing in the, in the park there with the portable record player and they were doing the jitterbug and he and his, uh, uh, Jake and his wife had, had done the, the, the jitterbug course. He was George at that point, but, um, what was the significance of those two kids, I wonder?
2: Um, I wonder if they were just, I don't know. I don't know if that's somehow tied into Sadie and George. And Bob, there's still no score in the game. (laughs) just thought I'd throw that out there.
9: They were people from It, from the book It.
7: And then also a part that was important, but I'm not quite sure why or whatever, but the jump rope girls and the chants and things. But the jump rope girls kept coming back, even at the end kind of in that book and especially around the time of uh, lee and harvey or lee harvey elliswald and his wife uh they were out you know dancing or uh, doing the jump rope and chant
0: i thought the jump rope to me meant you can't change the past the rope swings round and round and round and whatever comes around goes around but that maybe maybe i'm just getting as bad as the yellow man's the devil maybe i'm wrong
4: Well, before you go, Bob, and before we end, I wanted to, and I'll call you next week to maybe talk about this, Bob, but since we're also interested in time travel, I'd like to propose we have a special program sometime where everybody can come in and just talk about their favorite one or two time travel books, and maybe people would be interested in that. And I can talk to you about that later, Bob.
6: I guess I'm really not into time travel that much. (laughs) So (laughs) this was very interesting, but... I've never really been into it, so uh, but convince me. um, Maybe that one book you guys were talking about, uh, if you could give me the author and and title again. Um, But, but yeah, that might be a thought. Anyway,
2: Bob, I like your idea about the Jumper Up Girls. I never thought of that. There are so many things in this book that just you could, we could talk for hours about it. And if if we do want to continue the discussion for a while, that's fine. But I want to get the next book out. So um, the next book for November is one that I've been wanting to do for a long, long time. It's finally available on BARD. But I suggest if you can get it from another source that you do, because... I think it's just going to be better, but that's my opinion. Anyway, it's the book *Once We Were Brothers*. It's by Ron Ronald Balson. It is available on Bard Bookshare and Audible. The Bard number is DBC. It's narrated by one of the network libraries, I think Florida. DBC 08183. So that's the book for November. It'll be, and we'll meet on November 18th, a week before Thanksgiving. So Once We Were Brothers by Ronald Balsing. DBC 08183.
0: And I'll only say that the audible reader, I haven't heard the Bard guy, but or the audible reader is superior. I mean, superior. He fits right in into the situation. I like my readers to become characters. Some people don't. They want straight read. I'll, you know, they say, I can interpret my own characters. This guy was is fabulous, like, like uh, the guy who read uh, the book we talked about today. Okay, I love you all, but I'm out of here. I'm ending the recording. You can talk all night if you wish.
2: I started, I just... Just for kicks, I downloaded the BARD version just to see what it was, what the narration was like because I had never seen this guy's reading. And within about 10 seconds, that thing was off my stream <laughs> because I just thought it was so boring. I read it on Bookshare, and now I have the Audible version as well. I read this a couple of years ago. And this is one that I have really been wanting us to do because it's such a, a powerful story. Can you tell us a little bit of what it's about? It's about two boys, a German boy and a Jewish boy, who were raised together just before World War II begins. And it goes back and forth between World War II and the present and yeah, there it is, of course, because there's. It takes place during World War II. There is a lot of that, but this book really focuses on the relationships, the, the relationship between these two boys and other people, and it goes back and forth between the 1930s and I think 2000. 2011 maybe and it's the story of well one is looking for the other one and it's the story of what became of them and I can't really give a whole lot more say a whole lot more because I don't want to give anything away but this is such a, a powerful book it's when I read it It was a long time before I could read another book about World War II, because this was one of the best I've
1: ever read. Is this a long book? I know I I hate to be a nag about that, but is it a long book, or does it say how long it is on Bard?
2: I want to say it's maybe 15, 16 hours. I don't think it's any more than that, but I'm not 100%
1: sure. Well, frankly, after surviving this one, uh, this was a long book for me. I'm just not into long books. I think part of it is the time factor, and that um, unless it really grabs me, and this one did, fortunately, um, you know, there's so many books I want to read, and so and not as much time to read as I would like. um, What with taking care of mom and my job, and having to read a lot of things for for work, having to read, you know, there are a lot of things that I have to read that takes a lot of my reading time, so that's why I don't relish longer books as much as some people do. Well,
2: this one is maybe half that. It might even be a little less. I I don't remember. I have the Audible version, and I think it's maybe 15, 16 hours. But I think this is just, it's a really good book. So...
7: Yeah, I would agree. This is a very good book. And uh, the reader from uh, Audible is outstanding. And the accents and everything, is he has it right on the money.
6: Is there is there a lot happening in the book? I mean, you know, is there a lot of action or anything? Or is it pretty much like a... I don't, you know, um, I'm just, just wondering if there's a lot that goes on, because I don't really, can't get into books that just don't have a lot happening.
2: Oh, trust me.
6: <laughs> there's a lot happening in this one.
2: It's it's just really good. In fact, I told Bob about it, and he said, I don't want to read a book about World War II. I said, just, you need to give this one a chance. And he he even said, oh, I loved it
6: so well i down- well I haven't downloaded it it's in I, what I've been doing lately is putting books in my wish list, so it's there just waiting for just waiting for me to uh go download it and uh and I will do that and i am I am looking forward to reading it. You haven't steered us wrong yet, Randy, as far as books go, but I was just curious about the about the uh action in it.
2: Yeah, it's there's a lot of action in it it starts out and just there's there's something, the way it starts out, it just, at least it did for me it grabbed me because right away it starts out in this time period and it goes back but it something happens somebody does something and something happens and I, this was another book that I stayed up. When I read it on Bookshare, I was reading it on my Braille note, and I think I started reading it on a Friday night, and I finished it a couple days later. I couldn't put it down.
5: I'm glad I'm not the only one that admits to staying up all night reading a book. <laughs> I've lost many nights sleep just reading, um, and I'm grateful to be retired now because... Then if I miss a night's sleep and I have to take a nap the next day, it's okay.
6: <laughs> oh, I'm the same way, and I've done I've done it for years and years. So, uh, and it still happens. In fact, that's one of my favorite times to read is, is uh, at night in bed. I don't read a lot during the, well, some days I do, but a lot of times, a lot of days I don't. So I do, I'd say I do the majority of my reading at night. And so there have been, I think uh, on, uh, this last book, I was up till oh, 3, 3.30 in the morning a few, a few times. Put it to you this way.
2: I started reading the last Harry Potter book. I downloaded it from Bookshare the day it came out. I started reading it, and I literally did not go to bed until about 6 o'clock the next morning when I finally finished it. I literally read all day and all night. I I I love to stay up and read at night.
5: Yeah, me too. Fortunately, my husband is a reader himself, so he kind of understands. He gets a kick out of the fact that a book can can completely capture me and he doesn't mind if I stay up all day and night reading and he'll laugh at me the next day.
6: Liz, I don't know if you remember maybe maybe Rob told you, but there there were many nights that that he didn't even really get started with the book because well, that's, he didn't, he never had his own book, he never had, uh, he never even had a library account, he always read my stuff, and, uh, there were, there were many nights that, that we would lay there and, and, and read, and, uh, and there were quite a few nights that we finished a book together, and I'd catch him up, you know, I'd say, well, so-and-so, this happened to so-and-so between the last time you were reading with me, and this happened, so, uh, oh yeah we, or if he wasn't into the book he'd just go to sleep and I never used headphones or a speaker pillow or anything like that which was very cool the night before
2: my 16th birthday I literally stayed up all night reading the Thorn Birds and then I had a ball I read the next day and then I, we had a party that night and I partied all night and then I finally crashed
3: <laughs> the Thorn Birds was wonderful and I need to find the Australians. Speaking of that, I need to find those. I haven't read, I, I didn't get to read all those, and I need to find that series. I'm a binge reader, and I like to do that. I need to find the Australians.
9: Yeah, when you're young, you can stay up all night like that, <laughs> stay up for a couple of nights in a row before you need to crash. <laughs>
5: Oh, my God, in college, I'd be staying up all night, and it'd be like 5.30 in the morning, and I'd have to be in to work at 8, so I would just go to work and work all day. And I'd come I It's like, oh, crazy. If I did that now, I would I would keel over for sure.
3: Or if you're retired.
6: Liz, I remember a few nights, you you were up all night, but you weren't reading. We were all together hanging out, and it was like, she'd say, oh, i got to go to work. And I'm like, "Ah, oh, I'm so glad I can just go to bed. This was in the summer. We were, we were a little better during the during the college, during the uh, school year. Yeah, um, I wasn't always
2: reading all night, Marcia.
5: <laughs>
6: yep, that
5: was fun, fun days.
2: Yeah, there were a lot of nights I'd stay up half the night, and then I had to get up and go to work the next morning. And I would swear that I wasn't going to do that again. And the next night I'd turn around and do the same
10: thing. <laughs>
5: Randy, you, you do you still read a lot from Bookshare? Because um, I would, if I can have an audible, you know, an audio book with, with a human voice, I'd much rather do that. But yeah, there are books up on Bookshare that you can't get in on Bard or through Audible. So, um,
4: do you have a preference for them? Yeah, I was wondering the same thing, Randy. Because I'll, I'll do, I'll avoid Bookshare at all costs unless it's absolutely something I need to read right now and it's not on Bard. I'd much rather have a human voice.
2: I'm the same way, I'd much rather have a-